Paul, uh, you've been at Grace Fellowship Church now for 16 years. And one of the things that I have noticed that has really stood out as a, a distinguishing mark of the ministry you have there is there have been a, quite a number of young men who you've developed over time and kind of set them loose to get their feet wet in ministry. Um, one of the reasons why I know this is because my own son, Peter, uh, is on your staff at this point in time, and you've been pouring into his life. Uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, your vision for this, why you feel that it is such an important thing to be developing and training men, not, not just at seminary level or giving them that theological knowledge that they need, but that the, the practical emphasis of ministry, uh, getting their feet wet in that, in that way. Tell us about that. I think it's really interesting when you trace over awakenings or revivals, actual revivals where the gospel is recovered again, mm -hmm. that you almost always see I haven't not seen it, but I haven't looked at every revival in this way. Uh, you almost always see this recovery of the training of men, that it becomes important to the church to be raising up the next preachers of the word. And so uh, I think that's just always been a part of um, my own experience. I was privileged to go to a school where I, my life was poured into, where there was mentoring taking place, either formally or informally. And then as we started the church, it became really evident that that's what has to happen. I, I have to raise up men to be leaders, elders, and deacons in this church. That's not going to happen if that's not a part of my ministry. And like so many things, if we're not deliberate about them, they actually never do happen. <laughs> so I know some great churches, but you know they're always complaining about, there's no men here, there's no elders, we don't have any elders. Well, what are you doing? What are you actually doing to train guys up? Stuart Allyada, um, great pastor, uh, Welsh pastor, I heard years ago talk about uh, walking down the street in Wales one day and a little boy kicked a soccer ball and it came to him and that was the start of his friendship with, I, at that time, an eight or nine year old boy who at the time Stuart was speaking was now a 35 year old uh, pastor and had been a church planter. But he started when he was eight. And I try to do the same thing in my own church. I want relationship with those young men in my church. I'm involved in their lives. I want to know who they are. I want to encourage them. I want to be challenging them, giving them some opportunities to fail, and uh, then not abandoning them when they inevitably do. Uh, and then so I think having that culture in the life of the church, that catches on. And so other men in the church are, are thinking that way too. And I think the sisters in the church are as well. Um, and then over time, you know, hopefully you're able to raise up uh, out of that group different men who are going to be set free to ministry. And what I've observed over the years is once you send one guy out, well, any guy who's worth his salt, who's in a seminary program or something, will say, oh, that, that's where I want to go. So they end up at my door a lot of the times, which is great, glad to have them. And we put them through the same process we do with everybody else. It's be here for a while, become a member of the church, serve in some lowly capacity for a while so we know we're not, you're not just some arrogant yahoo that wants to be at the front of a room. And then we begin to give you responsibility. And then we just try to be word-driven. Let's look at 1 Timothy 3. Let's look at Titus 1. Let's look at 1 Peter 5. What does the word say you need to be as a man? We, we read through those passages routinely in our elders' meetings, still, just trying to remind ourselves it's who we are that matters. The skill is, you know, you've got to be able to handle this. We can teach the skill most of the time, mm -hmm. but you can't make the character. That's a guy privately before the Lord living his life in, as if he's living for the audience of one. 
So what I want to do is keep pushing in front of him. Here's the character. Here's the kind of person you need to be. So the, the more that happens, the more I think we're privileged to see young men come to the top and then be sent out and released to do the same thing somewhere else. What you're um, describing to me is essentially what we as pastors need to do with all the men in our church. Yeah. So what are you looking for, though? I mean, you want to develop every man to be a godly man, mm -hmm. a good husband, a good father, mm -hmm. um, ultimately good leaders within their home and within the church. But what is it that gives you a sense that here's a guy who is uniquely called that I need to spend extra time with to develop him to become a pastor, mm -hmm. a preacher? Um, what is it that you're looking for? What do you sense that, that gives you that uh, awareness? I think there's a 1A and a 1B. <laughs> so I call it intuition with the word. And mm. what I mean by that is if a guy can't, um, in, my, in my little group meetings with guys, I'll often just randomly open the Bible um, and kind of scan for a particular verse and say, John, preach us that verse. You've got one minute to prepare. <laughs> and there's, there's a reason I do that. Because some people can look at a verse of the Bible and then start talking about all this crazy stuff over here that has nothing to do with it. Right. It doesn't have an instinct for the word in the sense that he doesn't know just how to plainly read a text and say what a text means. So in one minute preparation, I'm not expecting him to exegete every you know, nuance of the text, but you should be able to tell me what it says. So I, I just always have my radar up for any man who seems to be able to open the book and say what it says without adding anything to it or taking anything away from it. That's a gold mine if you can find that guy. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is, um, is anybody following him? It doesn't have to be a lot of people, but is he the kind of fellow who can actually lead? Or does he shy from leadership? Now I say that's my one B because some leadership I think can be learned. But I also think, and I'd be interested in what you think about this, there seems to be a certain kind of gifting that will go with a man of God who's called to be a pastor in a church that he has the ability to lead. Do you yeah. think that's true or do you think that's... No, I think it's true. Um, you know, we're always looking for one word uh, answers to things of this nature, but if, if there was one word I would use, first of all, it would be passion. Mm. Um, anyone who God ha puts his hands on uh, in his calling into ministry is going to be consumed with that call. Mm -hmm. It's an unavoidable thing. It, it becomes everything to that, to that person. So I would say passion is the first, and then I think you've already touched on the second, an ability to handle the word. Or put it in another, another way, an ability to communicate the word in such a way that people start to respond. Right. Um, I remember as a young, a young man, uh, I remember an older man saying to me, God has called you, you're going to be an evangelist. And the reason why he said that was, I was leading people to faith in Christ. <laughs> there was fruit there. And I'm not mm -hmm. saying that there's always fruit when people have passion, at least not fruit immediately, but, but there has to be some indication that, that, as you put it, people are following the leader mm -hmm. or people are responding to the message. And uh, so I think those are two very, very solid things. Um, at Grace Fellowship Church then, um, how many men are you presently training? Well, all of them, hopefully, at one <laughs> level. Uh, probably about eight on another level okay. and three on another level. 
Okay. And what that kind of sounds like Jesus, right? He had like the, the masses and then right. the 12 and then the three. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. So what are, what are the two levels that you're talking about there? You're talking about just generally as elders or deacons in the church and others to be full-time work, workers? Is that what you mean? Yeah, so there'd be three guys that I'm specifically spending time with. We see as potential, we call them potential future elders, which means we know enough of your life and enough of your skill set that it's just a matter of time till you enter the eldership. So we kind of do a pretty intense uh, training leading up to that because we want them to hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. And there's a group of other guys who are great guys who are possibly potential future elders. They have a desire in that way, or maybe we see what we think is some gifting in that way. Mm -hmm. And so I try to meet with them, and that's a sort of a, a different level of intensity. And then, of course, I, I do think there is a, an element with all the brothers uh, just to be poking around in guys' lives and bringing the truth to bear and encouraging. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it happens on all three. Great. Thanks, Paul. Uh, thank you, John. Mm -hmm.